Mark your calendars! The ADCES 24 Annual Conference parades into New Orleans August 9-12, through 12, 2024. Registration opens March 26, but you can start planning your trip now. Get ready to seize opportunities to connect, learn, and optimize your diabetes care and education practice. Stay tuned for updates at adces24.org. Hello, and welcome to ADCES's podcast, The Huddle, Conversations with the Diabetes Care Team. In each episode, we speak with guests from across the diabetes care space to bring you perspectives, issues, and updates that elevate your role, inform your practice, and ignite your passion. I'm Kirsten Yale, Research Manager at the Association of Diabetes Care and Education Specialists. If you enjoy The Huddle, please take a minute to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Over several episodes, we're discussing the value you provide as a diabetes care and education specialist and how you can leverage that value to promote your role. You can access a new toolkit and paper at diabeteseducator.org forward slash value toolkit. In this episode, we're talking about the value you provide utilizing technology to improve care. Dr. Michelle McGee and Trish Montesinos join us to share their experience in managing technology to reduce burden while increasing quality of life. Michelle and Trish, welcome to the huddle. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much. We are so happy to have you both on, especially since we're talking about diabetes technology. And, you know, through our discussions, you know, that we've had over the last few months, you know, we know that diabetes technology has this real potential to simplify the lives of people with diabetes, but it's really this implementation piece that can get tricky, right? So, For the technology to reach its full potential, or maybe what we want to call value for this podcast, it really takes expertise and a specialist. That's where you guys can jump in and share some of your background and expertise with our audience on, you know, really what you've done to implement technology into your health system. So, so excited to have this conversation. And um, before we get started, I would love for you guys to introduce yourselves to our audience. So I'm Michelle McGee. I'm an endocrinologist who specializes in diabetes care and education and a professor of medicine at Georgetown University School of Medicine. I serve as director of the MedStar Diabetes Institute, which is part of a 10 hospital system in Washington, D.C. in Maryland. My scope of expertise includes diabetes technology, which we leverage in our DSMES clinical care and research programs. As you are aware, technology is increasingly integrated into DSMES, and we know that these solutions significantly improve outcomes, including quality of life and A1C. So I'm excited to discuss this important topic with our ADCES audience today. I am Trish. I am so pleased to be here. I am a nurse practitioner at the MedStar Diabetes Institute in Washington, D.C., I am board certified in advanced diabetes management and diabetes care and education. I have worked as an NP for MedStar in the fields of endocrinology and diabetes. Dr. McGee and I worked together on a specialized program, the MedStar Diabetes Bootcamp and Pathway Program, which cares for people with uncontrolled type 2 diabetes as a means to reduce A1C and hospitalizations as well as improve health outcomes. Our boot camp has a strong technology infrastructure, 
and I serve in our remote patient monitoring center, providing virtual visits to our system's patients. In this podcast, we'd like to leave you with some important takeaways that we hope you'll find relevant to your practice. The first is pretty obvious. Technology is here to stay, and the diabetes care and education specialist is poised to lead in this field by engaging persons with diabetes and their providers in care management. Clinical inertia is a known barrier to achieving control for our patients with diabetes, and there's clearly a role for technology and the diabetes care and education specialist in this field. And additionally, we uh, would like to encourage the DCS to use the ICC framework to initiate technology and diabetes management And I would recommend the Diabetes Care and Education Specialist take a look into DanaTech as a great online resource for information on the latest diabetes technology, devices, and apps. Well, I couldn't agree with you guys more that technology is here to stay. And I think we're just like at the tip of an iceberg, right? I'm excited to see what's going to come. And again, I'm going to come back to you know, you guys as experts and actually just listening to you, what's really cool is that you work together as a team in order to implement um, and maybe tackle this big problem that Michelle was talking about of clinical inertia. So I'm not sure if we'll be able to tackle that one today, too. But boy, you put technology and clinical inertia together. And that's where the value of the diabetes care and education specialist comes in. But how would you really define technology in this space? Because it's really specific for diabetes, isn't it? Yes. So the American Diabetes Association Standards of Care define diabetes technology as the term used to describe the hardware, devices, and software that people with diabetes use to help manage blood glucose levels, stave off or prevent diabetes complications, and reduce the burden of living with diabetes and improve the quality of life. Yes. So when we're talking about diabetes devices, we're talking about glucose monitors, anything from smart glucometers to continuous glucose monitors, CGMs. We also are including insulin delivery devices such as smart insulin pens, insulin pumps, and automated insulin delivery systems. In the term diabetes technology, we're also including digital therapeutics and digital health technology options such as smartphone apps, chatbots, and wearable devices. Lastly, we're including software such as electronic health records, data sharing platforms, telehealth platforms, and remote monitoring dashboards. So it's quite a large scope of uh, available technology options, and it continues to grow. And I think that's an important point to make, Trish. It's it's growing, and I think it really behooves the diabetes care and education specialist to become familiar with the things in each of these categories, the devices, the therapeutics, and use of the electronic health record to promote diabetes care by the health team. So technology clearly allows patients and providers to connect remotely which I think many of us have found has been particularly valuable during the COVID-19 pandemic, and I think will continue moving forward to improve the ease of access to DSMES. We all know it's difficult to get patients to diabetes care and education services, and I think you may 
be pleased to see what kinds of things you may be able to offer your patients in this arena. The DCS is an integral part of the interdisciplinary diabetes care management and plays a key role in helping persons with diabetes and also importantly their providers to navigate the options and make recommendations based on individual needs and goals. And I think that as the DCES, we often forget that part of our role is to make providers aware of the technologies that may be helpful to their patients so they can order them for them. And that you then are in the loop to help them learn how to use it and optimize the data that they receive. Yeah, this technology seems almost like a maze because it's not just one thing, right? It's not just the devices, it's the electronic health record and so many pieces that go into integrating this maze for people with diabetes. And and that seems like what the care team or the diabetes care and education specialist can jump in and say and help be a problem solver or help people find their way through this maze so that they can get the full potential or full value out of this technology. But I would like to ask you, why really is technology important in diabetes care, would you guys say? Oh, I think we'd have to say that it's important in many different ways. And clearly now research indicates that technology can improve management of glucose and cardiometabolic conditions commonly associated with diabetes, as well as quality of life for our patients. I'd point you to a recently published systematic review of strategies to overcome therapeutic inertia in type 2 diabetes, which you'll remember make up 90 plus percent of our patients. This review concluded that when technology is used appropriately, it can significantly and importantly from the DCES perspective be helpful in that the most effective approaches were those that empowered non-physician providers, which includes the full spectrum of diabetes care and education specialists, to initiate and intensify treatment independently and supported by appropriate guidelines. These strategies included tech-supported strategies, and in these models, the DCS helps to overcome therapeutic inertia by incorporating their knowledge and their expertise to identify problems and develop technology-enabled interventions and solutions. So I think clinical inertia, Kirsten, may be a topic for a separate podcast. There's a lot out there, and, and I think some of our educators might be interested in hearing it. But for the purposes of today's discussion, diabetes technology really is used to ease the burden of diabetes and and to empower the person with diabetes to meet their goals. And so, Trish, you see so many of our patients, and I'm wondering if you could give our audience an example of how technology has helped a patient who's really, you know, pretty typical of the patients we may see and other educators may see in their practice. Sure. So we take care of so many persons with diabetes who are having difficulty with the day in and day out tasks associated with managing their condition. For instance, we had a 72-year-old patient who was not meeting her glycemic goals. She had a hemoglobin A1C that was elevated around 8.4%. And she was on multiple daily insulin injections and really found 
it to be burdensome managing her condition with taking four insulin injections a day, monitoring her blood sugars four times a day. And really, it was difficult for her to, to do all these tasks in the midst of other things she had going on in her life. And so she was very diligent about monitoring her sugars in the morning, and they were, the vast majority of them were within target range. But her sugars throughout the day really varied. Often they were elevated, but to a variable degree. And so what we were able to do for her was start a CGM and really start fine-tuning her carbohydrate intake and her insulin doses in order for her to meet her goals of getting her hemoglobin A1C down, but also making it easier to do so. And I think that's really an important piece where technology can really ease the burden of diabetes management if we're using it properly and analyzing the data and helping the patient see how the technology could be useful for them, uh, not only to meet their goals, but also to ease the burden of managing their diabetes. And, And I think I would add that we're finding in our patient population that older patients and patients really from any socioeconomic or racial or ethnic um, strata can use technology. If you spend enough time to help them select devices that they could feel comfortable using. So for example, we often use the Libre and when we're doing a CGM for an older patient because it's straightforward and then you teach them how to use it and they can be comfortable. And for these older patients, you can sometimes even simplify their regimen and make them feel more comfortable doing self-care for their diabetes. You know, Trish, I love that success story you shared. And Michelle, with the couple notes you had there too, you know, I think a lot about the therapeutic inertia you talked about and really that note in there that For type 2 diabetes, those that empower non-physician providers to initiate intensified treatment independently supported by the appropriate guidelines. So that it really is the diabetes care and education specialist at the center of the care model with the person with diabetes that can really make this change happen. And maybe because they're, you know, the diabetes care and education specialist has the ability to listen to the person from where they're at. And I would love to hear you guys, maybe can you give our our listeners some tips on how the diabetes care and education specialists can really collaborate with their patients to utilize this technology? As I already mentioned, just about anyone can use technology with enough education and support from a DCES. You just have to be careful that you have the right technology for the right patient. Yes, and I think the shared decision-making part is very important here because we may think there is one particular technology that would really benefit a patient, but in actuality, it might not be their preference, and there probably is another option that could fit in very nicely for that patient. So just considering all the options and really having those conversations with your patients to help determine that you're using the right technology for the right patient, as Dr. McGee mentioned. So I would recommend that the Diabetes Care and Education Specialist check out the ICC framework, which stands for Identify, Configure, and Collaborate. It was developed by diabetes educators, and it provides a standardized approach on how to initiate technology in diabetes management. So you want to identify the needs and goals of the individual. You want to configure the technology based on the person in front of you and their goals. 
And you want to collaborate with the individual, the healthcare team and the industry to ensure the technology is relevant and useful. And so I think these three points cannot be emphasized enough. And if the primary care provider doesn't have time to identify the needs and goals, to configure the technology, and then to have frequent interactions back and forth with the patient generating data. And so this is really a niche that I think the diabetes care and education specialists should step into and own wherever possible. Yeah, so it's really important that the DCES is proficient in the knowledge and the use of technology options and be able to present those options to the patient and use shared decision-making to determine the best option for that particular individual. And I think it's important to meet with a patient to initiate the technology, to really show them the ins and outs of how to use the device. And this really can be done in person, but it also can be done virtually. I think, Dr. McGee, you would agree, we've been able to achieve a lot more than we ever expected when we had to pivot last year with COVID-19. And we really started doing many more education visits virtually, and we were pleasantly surprised by what we could achieve doing that. Yeah, I think we were, as you said, pleasantly surprised. Most patients now have a phone where you can do a visit with visualization so they can have video on their phone for the visit. And you really can do, for example, a meter instruction perfectly using this technology. And so to promote access for patients, I would urge you to consider trying those options as well. Yes. I think the other important piece we want to emphasize as well is that follow-up is really key. Patients need the opportunity to be able to ask questions after they've implemented the technology, and the DCES can really help the patient review the data that's being generated, which can be overwhelming and really sort of put the pieces together and make suggestions for how the technology, the data generated by the technology can be useful into implementing a change, whether that be a change in medication, a change in lifestyle, really that patient activation piece that's so important to being able to apply data into actionable interventions. I love listening to you guys. And what I've heard somebody term this in a recent podcast was the renaissance of diabetes care and education specialists. And it's almost like you guys are really describing just that, this renaissance. And Trish, you brought up the identify, configure, collaborate model, which I think everybody should have like pinned on their wall because it really shows, you know, that communication flow back and forth, right, between, you know, the healthcare provider and the person with diabetes and really how, like where you can optimize and leverage that it's not like a stagnant process, that it's just continually moving. And and that makes me think about uh, strategies. So I wonder if you guys could share strategies that, you know, the diabetes care and education specialist could use to really leverage data in care? Well, I think the first important point is that initiating a new technology alone doesn't automatically lead to improved outcomes or A1C. The technologies may produce a tremendous amount of data But data alone doesn't manage diabetes. You have to teach the patient how to use it. So any data that's generated by the patient, and it's, you know, the same way you would ask them when they were doing paper blood glucose logs to show you their log at every visit, 
patients are generating these large amounts of data and you have to look at it and they have to know you're looking at it. And from that data, you need to generate individualized recommendations for how to improve the glycemic control that a patient is targeting for him or herself. And so supporting this important concept, it's really, as Kirsten already mentioned, it's a feedback loop between the person with diabetes, the technology, and the providers. And in this case, I'm calling the provider the diabetes care and education specialist and would hope that you're looping findings into the patient's primary care provider. And so there's a nice systematic review by Greenwood et al. from 2017, which examined the evidence in the DSMES tech field for diabetes and showed that the most effective tech-supported interventions incorporated all the components of this so-called tech-enabled feedback loop that made these connections using two-way communication, analyzed the patient-generated data, then tailored education and individualist feedback. So it's truly patient-centered care, and that in turn facilitates behavior change. That's excellent, Dr. McGee. And sort of going back to the patient I discussed earlier, really we determined the issue was this variability in postprandial glucose values. And, you know, how do we address that? Is there another medication that could fit in nicely Is it that she needs a little more insulin with her meals? Is it that we need to cut back a little bit on carbs and really being able to present those options to her? And Trish, I might even add to that, does she really need the three meal doses of insulin daily? Absolutely, yes. And, you know, are we looking at a GLP-1 or an SGLT-2 instead of some or all of the pre-meal insulin doses? So you've truly simplified her life. Right, right. And that's where the the CGM is revealing that data. And do we need to continue doing what we're doing or can we explore an alternative option that really not only eases the burden of glucose monitoring, but also eases the burden of injections per day? So you guys are bringing up what I feel like sometimes I say over and over again when it comes to technology is this human factor, right? So I'm going to go back to what, Michelle, you said at the very beginning, data alone does not manage diabetes. And there's this human factor that it comes together, that that's where the diabetes care and education specialist, that's what they bring to this process. Um, But with that human factor, you know, the DCES needs to be empowered. And when they're empowered to bring that factor into this process, that's when we can really change the lives of people with diabetes. So What steps would you guys say the DCES can take to really feel empowered in their role? Well, Kristen, as you mentioned, knowledge is power. And so I think it's really important for the DCES to have a good knowledge base when it comes to available technology options. And I would really point the DCES to Dana Tech as a wonderful place. It's an online resource available for all healthcare professionals And it provides research and review of the latest devices and mobile apps. So it also allows the DCES to obtain CME. So it's a wonderful place for the DCES to really explore options and feel comfortable navigating this maze, as you mentioned, of of available technology options. Yeah, and you can find the Dana Tech resource on the Association of Diabetes Care and Education Specialists website. 
And I'd like to throw out one more interesting little factoid. It really is a maze, as Trish says. And did you know there are over 5,000 mobile apps for diabetes? So if you think it's confusing to us, think how it is for the patients. So it's important to make sure that there's evidence for the ones that are used that you're advising to your patients. And then I think the other important point in terms of making the DCS feel empowered in this role is that you really need to cultivate relationships with the providers who refer the patients to you. You need to keep an open line of communication. Many systems are using an electronic health record now. Staying within a provider's workflow to communicate with them is usually the simplest way. You can send them a flag in your EMR telling them what issues you've identified in the data. And if you want to proactively find patients to offer technology through your DSMES program, you can pull a list of high A1Cs in the system and work with the provider to improve their management. So you kind of are creating this delicate balance between the diabetes care and education specialist and the providers. You're working with them as part of the person with diabetes healthcare team. No, it is a delicate balance. I love the way you said that. And I think we're just going to continue learning. Maybe it's delicate because we're just at the beginning of something pretty great and we're going to keep learning from it. But I also have to take a step back and say 5,000 apps. I, I knew there were a lot. I had no idea there were over 5,000 apps. That is daunting is what I'll say. What's also daunting about that is that there's very little evidence for them. Only a handful have published results. So buyer beware. <laughs> buyer beware and knowledge is power, right? So we're yes. diabetes care and education specialist. Well, I hate to say this just because I hate when these conversations come to an end because I, I really love them. But any last thoughts or words of wisdom you might want to leave with our listeners? This has been such a great conversation. Just a couple thoughts from you guys that our listeners can take away. I would first say technology is here to stay. And the diabetes care and education specialist is poised to lead and own this field by engaging persons with diabetes and their providers in its use. And I would also think that it behooves the diabetes care and education specialist to insert themselves in the loop that may help to overcome clinical inertia in management of diabetes using technology. So I would refer the DCES to the ICC framework because it can be overwhelming to determine what technology is appropriate so and how to implement it. So when it comes to how to implement it, refer to the ICC framework. And when it comes to achieving a proficiency and great knowledge base for the available technologies, I would refer the DCES or any provider to Attack as a great online resource to really start getting your feet wet and feeling comfortable with the available technologies out there. Yeah, so Danatech and the ICC model, you're right, they're incredible resources and we'll definitely put them in the show notes. So if people want to access them, they'll be there. And I would say just to kind of bring these two together, I think both of those, you know, accessing Danatech to learn using the ICC model really does address the clinical inertia that, you know, Michelle's kind of weaved throughout this whole conversation, which you're right, Michelle, could be a whole nother podcast. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining us. This was just a wonderful conversation. I always learn from you guys and I hope we can do this again soon. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, thank you. 
It's a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Huddle, Conversations with the Diabetes Care Team. Today, Dr. Michelle McGee and Trish Montesinos joined us to share their experience and leveraging their role in the care team to improve care and outcomes through technology. As Dr. McGee said, just about anyone can use technology. It's all about pairing the right technology with the right individual. When you approach technology in your practice, look at it from the identify, configure, and collaborate framework. Identify the needs and goals of the individual, configure the technology based on their lifestyle, and collaborate with them and the care team to ensure it's relevant and useful. DanaTech.org is a fantastic resource to help you grow in this area. For more on what you can do to promote and expand your value in technology, check out a new toolkit with resources to help you grow. You can access this toolkit and paper at diabeteseducator.org forward slash value toolkit. Membership at ADCES gives you access to the education, networking, and resources to improve your practice and optimize outcomes for your clients. Find out what ADCES can do for you at diabeteseducator.org forward slash join. The information in this podcast is for informational purposes only and may not be appropriate or applicable for your individual circumstances. This podcast does not provide medical or professional advice and is not a substitute for consultation with a healthcare professional. Please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions.